It's important that I use my voice to lift up others. And it's important that I use my access to ensure a path for others. Welcome to Joyful Sundays, a podcast delivering weekly insights, inspiration, and tools to live a more conscious, connected, and intentionally meaningful life. Join us as we go into the minds of some of the world's most inspiring leaders to discover the keys to unlocking your best self. In the midst of a global pandemic, there has never been a more important time to reflect on how we want to emerge, what we value, who we are at our cores, and how we want to reflect those North Star values in the lives we build post a global crisis. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. Welcome, Hannah. I'm so delighted to have you with me today. Thanks, Jody. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm looking forward to our chat. So we're about four months in now to the global pandemic. And I'm going to ask you about how you've been managing through personally and professionally, not only COVID, but of course, the incredibly important moment in time that we've seen through George Floyd's death. Before we start, I would love to ask you, how are you doing personally? How's your family been? And how are you doing in this moment in time? Thank you for that incredibly empathetic question. We've been actually doing okay. Personally, my inner introvert is enjoying the time working from home. We've talked a lot before and I've heard your story and I know how much Equality Capital E and Inclusion Capital I are values you hold dear. In the last few weeks, we've seen, if not one of the most challenging times in recent history for our Black friends and Black community. We're navigating this as leaders that care I would love to hear deeply how you're feeling in this moment and some reflections you have on the last few weeks, which will stay relevant forever more after this big moment in time. We have not systemically done the job we need to have done. And I want to acknowledge the recent acts of injustice, not only against the Black community, we're all going through something difficult, and we all share in this responsibility to speak out and not let this moment pass. As a society, we just have to do better. I'm committing. I've got to get better educated. I also have to use my voice in allyship to lift up marginalized Canadians. And the way I'm thinking about this in my work is, first and foremost, how I approach sourcing and hiring. I love that. There's such a balance as I'm talking to folks around the thoughtfulness of a long-term, meaningful, impactful strategy that we use in our companies with the urgency to act now, which actually is really important because this is a moment in time that we all need to be working together as a collective and doing our part. And so that is a really practical and important part of the solution. I'd love to hear about what does that look like for you? And and I know it's hard to say off the top of your head, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking about because so many of our listeners are wondering what they can do. For me in my seat of privilege to not look around me and say, oh, I'm going to go do more stuff because I need to make sure that I sit and listen and understand and see my blind spots. It's important that I 
use my voice to lift up others. And it's important that I use my access to ensure a path for others. So you've got to have, to your point, a mix of those three at least. What we're doing in sourcing and hiring, and it's topical for us because we're talking about hiring, we're talking about sourcing, and it's about changing our habits. So we want to make sure that we are conscious of the people that we bring in for what's sometimes called second round interviews or sometimes what's called on-site interviews, but it's really conscious of the people that we have in those final rounds of interviews and how we get those people into those seats is super important. We can't just sit back anymore and be like, well, the people who apply are the people we find in LinkedIn. That's not good enough anymore. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what our recruiters have been doing, but we have a partnership at Lyft that we're really proud of in Toronto with the 519. We need to go to the 519 and say, we have this job available. Do you know anyone who would work for it? I love that. And I think it really speaks to a fundamental belief that I have that good intentions are not the same as being highly intentional. And we have to continue to learn and relearn and try and try harder and be more intentional and I think those tangible actions are really, to me, about that intentionality, as well as, you know, the partnerships element, I think is super wise. And I definitely encourage people to try that at Move the Doll. That was absolutely fundamental to the progress. And we never achieved anything close to where we needed to be or always need to be trying to be. But in terms of our inclusion journey as an organization, partnerships and building trust authentically over time were absolutely critical. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about building on that conversation. I've heard you speak around your leadership traits that matter most to you. I'd love to hear some of your own personal values that you lead with, because obviously you're relying on those values as a North Star through managing your team throughout pandemic, where your service obviously is dramatically impacted and through this massive moment in time where we're confronted with racial injustice. You can ask anyone on my team and they will tell you my values are safety, kindness and candor. Dig into each of those with us because your boldness and and the clarity is so impactful for me. It's like a big bright light. So I would love to hear what do each of those three mean to you, Hannah? Being a leader is hard. And I don't think until I came to that clarity of those three words that I was able to, in every hard conversation, sit down and prepare through the lens of each of one of those. I literally have gotten to the point where, and my team will tell you this, when I have something that's hard for me to say, but I know I need to say it, I start with, you guys know my values. And that opens up the entire conversation. I want you to say that again without saying you guys, because you guys is not inclusive language. Thank you. In fact, I call myself on it when I'm writing and the next step is the speaking. So thank you. I appreciate that. So what I say to my team is, you all know my values. And this is a conversation that starts there. So if I have to have a hard conversation with one of my team members about their career, or if I have to have a hard conversation with my team about racial injustice, if I have to have a hard conversation with one of my partner's sons about something that just happened, (laughs) I actually use my values then as well you're showing up in the world, right? And then they get it, they hear you and they learn from you to create their own values. I think it's really powerful. 
It's important to have your own values and it's important to know the values of the company that you work for and that they fit for you. Lyft's values are be yourself, uplift others, and make it happen. Every single day, we're living these three values as well, especially right now. It's interesting to me, there's a very clear fusion of those two sets of values. And so I'd love to ask you a little bit about what drew you to the opportunity with Lyft and what was your vision when you started in the role that you have? I came to Lyft about 10 months ago. I surprisingly am not a car person. I'm actually a bike person. I have been a bike person for the last 20 plus years. And my North Star is to get more people, especially women, on bicycles. I came to that through a love of bicycles through sport. What I realized was that we need to make bicycles normal. We need to make bikes part of our lives. Bikes are better for our physical health, our mental health, our economic health, our planet's health. And the more room we can make in our cities and our lives and our emotional states for bicycles, the better. So if you start to really think about it, Lyft's mission is to improve people's lives with the world's best transportation. One of the ways they're going to do that is to build cities around people and not around cars. Tell me about what the vision for Lyft was in Canada when you started in your role. Everybody's had to sort of dramatically pivot, but I'd love to hear a little bit about what the grand vision for Lyft in Canada was, because I know, of course, Lyft had been here for some time before you joined. I recall when they were doing the search for your role and looking for a bold leader to take it to new heights. So what was your vision for what Lyft is to become in Canada when you started? So I don't think that that vision has changed. And I really want to be that ride share and transportation partner that every citizen of a city in Canada relies upon when they need to leave their house. And that is pre-COVID and that is (laughs) post-COVID. I want to be that choice that they use when they need us. I want to be that top of mind partner. I want to ensure, and all of Lyft wants to ensure that we are improving people's lives. We've seen lots of research starting to come out around COVID having the greatest impact on the most marginalized folks. So really would love to hear a little bit about that and how you created that product to be more inclusive. So wait and save is is a great option. If you've got 50 pounds of groceries that you need to get home and it's in the middle of COVID and you don't want to take transit. So wait and save is a great option. Download the Lyft app, open it up. So you can scroll through the options that you have on your screen and choose wait and save. And what that means is wait a little bit longer and it will cut down on the cost of your car because it allows us to route the cars a little bit differently and a little bit more efficiently. And that allows you to save a little bit of money on your fare. And that is the type of thing that we're thinking about. So shared rides You don't want to keep people together in a small confined space sitting next to each other in the back seat. However, there's trade-off with affordability. So we think about these things in a very holistic way. So important. I'd love to hear a little bit about how have you been managing your own self and your energy? I think quite deeply about how great leaders put on their own oxygen masks. It's a topic that fascinates me so that you can give energy to your drivers, give energy to your team, give energy to your partner and your family. So 
What do you do for yourself on a day-to-day basis to sort of get yourself at your best? I move every day, whether it's ride my bike or get up and go for a run. I move, I sweat, I do exercise, whether it's just even yoga. And there are days that I don't want to. Those days I give myself the permission not to want to, but I move every day and it is incredible the impact on my mental health and the endorphins and and the mood change. There's two other things that come to mind for me. The first is be strict and thoughtful with your mental health. And for me, that actually means restricting the amount of news sources I get. I find myself quite sensitive when people are trolling others. So I don't spend as much time on Twitter. I choose to go to websites that I know are very factual when I'm trying to find out, hey, what's going on with COVID today? And the last one, which I've actually done and focused on a lot in the last three months is I mentor more. I've actually taken on two new mentees and I made a commitment to myself that I would say yes to every single coffee chat. It's beautiful. You have perhaps a tiny bit more space. So it's really generous of you to be able to do that and super impactful. When we talk about impactful sponsorship and mentoring, I would love to hear from you in those people that you are mentoring. Do you have a tip for those mentors that are out there wanting to be impactful in terms of your approach and or for the mentees in terms of how to show up? Be intentional and don't be afraid to be formal in the structure, I think is how I would phrase it. I set out all of my mentoring relationships with what I say to my mentee is, this is your time. And I hope that you use it wisely. I expect that you come with questions and that they are relevant to what you're going through in your life today. In our first mentoring conversation, we always have a conversation about what their North Star is and whether or not that's important to them. I think that's super helpful and I'm really grateful that you shared that. So I think a lot about intentionally coming out of this year. So how am I going to emerge having learned lessons and with the insight informing the choices I make as a mom, as a human, as a leader? Would love to know from your perspective, you know, if you've had any of those big ahas that you'll take with you out of this time. The number one life lesson And I don't know exactly how to phrase this. I've been thinking about it for the last two months is like, what's the condensed aha moment through this? And for me, it's been about the people that are in your life, whether it's work or whether it's family or whether it's friends and how important those connections are. Everyone responds to crises differently and the need to honor everyone's experiences in their own way is super important. That's a leadership lesson because whether we're in COVID or not in COVID to some level of degree, every day is a crisis and learning to communicate with those around you through a crisis is really important. And for me, it's a journey. It is one of those things that if we can continue to understand the level of empathy that has entered our lexicon and keep that going once we come out of the pandemic. 
I love that. And it's certainly the gift of this time. And my daughter and I talk lots about lemons and lemonade in our lives. And the gift of this time is the opportunity to reflect and take that sort of condensed aha, I love that term, and sort of move into the future with what we took from this moment. So our community loves to ask questions because people know that you're an avid biker. What is your favorite bike and why? I am spending the most time right now on my gravel bike which is a wonderful Cannondale Topstone because it allows me so much more freedom to ride through the woods on gravel trails, on gravel roads, and I can ride on the pavement if I want to. So I love the versatility that I've got on that one right now. What is your favorite business book of all times? <sighs> Radical Candor. I love that. I just got shivers when you said it. I love that book as well. What is your favorite restaurant in Toronto? It's the Wren on the Danforth, which is about a five minute walk from my house. And we used to go at least once a week. They have some of the best sour beer on tap and the food's fantastic. And I cannot wait to go back. I have to check it out. And a song that you've been listening to through the pandemic, something that pumps you up. Oh my gosh. I am the wrong person to ask about music. The artist I've actually been listening to most, and this has been sort of playing through our household over the last two or three months, is actually Michael Kiwanuka. And his music is enchanting and honest and raw, and his voice is ethereal. Well, thank you for that. And thank you so, so much for making the time today. We're super grateful. Thrilled to have you on and look forward to biking with you soon. Thanks so much, Jody. <laughs> have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to Joyful Sundays, the podcast where I have truly inspiring conversations about how to become your best self. If you like this episode, support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating, and a comment. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. See you next time on Joyful Sundays.